Well, good morning. I don't think I've ever heard you guys this quiet before I came in. I was a little worried. I was like, did they start without us? <laughs> um, it's good to see you all here this morning. Uh, if you are visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're excited that you are here with us. Um, and we do have visitor's cards if you'd like to take one and fill it out. Um, they're in the pew right in front of you, and you'll just drop it in the offering plate as it goes by. Um, and we just love to learn a little bit more about you. I do have a few um, announcements and prayer concerns to share with you all this morning. Um, first, Gary and I had the privilege on Thursday of meeting a sweet new baby girl. Um, Macy Leanna Eggers was born on February 27th. And parents are Sarah and Josh Eggers, and Grandma is Pam Bradford. So we're so proud and excited for them. Um, and she is as cute as she can be. We got to see her, so that was good. Um, today begins the week of prayer for North American Missions um, and the kickoff to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. The 2019 theme is Sending Hope. Um, and Stephanie wanted me to remind you that there are um, prayer guides up here. So if you want to take one of those before you leave today, that would be great for you to do that. Um, another reminder, if you are interested in having your child to go with us to Deep Impact Kids this summer, the end of July, um, I do have information up here for them as well, and the deposits and registration for that will be due March 24th. Um, so if you have questions about that, please feel free to come up and ask me. I'll be willing to answer anything I can or find out for you if I don't know the answer. Uh, but just be aware that that due date is coming up pretty quickly. Um, we will be having a 410 Mission Project prayer time tomorrow evening at 645 in here in the sanctuary. Um, we just want to begin or continue praying for our 410 Mission Project, and we'd like for you guys to join in with us on that. Um, so just meet us in here in the sanctuary at 645, and we'll begin uh, to pray for the 410 Mission Project. Um, one other announcement, uh, the date in the bulletin for the hands and feet March meeting needs to be changed to March 24th, which is a Sunday night. Um, you're welcome to bring a friend and come for games, prizes, and fun. Um, that will be dinner at San Felipe on Horner Boulevard. Um, so that is a Sunday night that they're doing that, not a Tuesday, okay? So just make note of that change, if you will. A few prayer concerns to share with everyone this morning. Uh, Sarah McGeehee had a hip aspiration this past week, um, and she is home. Uh, so we just want to be praying for her, but she is at home. Tom Luck is also home from the hospital and is doing well. Um, but I know that he would continue to appreciate your prayers as well. Uh, please pray for Margie Bridges and her family. And then uh, Richard McFarland's brother, Lacey McFarland, had a stroke and is at Rex. Um, so if you just be praying for him, I know that the family would uh, greatly appreciate it. We got word this morning that um, it wasn't as bad as they initially anticipated, uh, but we still want to be praying for them as well. Um, and then I would just ask you to, to continue to look at your prayer concerns on the list that we have in the bulletin. There are many that need our prayers, um, and we just want to continue lifting them up to the Lord. Uh, would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, how grateful we are to be in your house of worship this morning, Lord. God, I pray that you would just quiet our hearts so that we can hear you more clearly, God. 
God, we want to lift up all these people that we mentioned on our prayer concerns list. And God, we know that you know each need and you know each person and you know how to meet their needs, God. And we're going to trust you in that. God, I pray that you be with us now and that you help us to focus only on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Good morning. This is Baptist Women's Day. My name is Stephanie Bridges, and on behalf of all the ladies here at Flax Springs and our girls, too, we welcome you. Um, we know that uh, Rocky River is a little short today, so is Tramway Baptist, and uh, we are so glad that you're here to worship with us. This is New Direction, and Charity Gales is one of the finest middle school science teachers you will ever meet. <laughs> and on top of that, she can sing. So. Um, the person that holds this group together is Bobby Gales, and we welcome him, and his son is with us this morning, uh, Kendall Gales, and Billy Mickle is here, and these folks have traveled this morning, so welcome to you. Phyllis, it is good to have Christian friends, and we thank you for saying yes to coming and worshiping with us today at the appropriate time you come. Thank you so much. Congregational song, I believe. And uh, is it is it custom to stand as we sing? Or do, all, do we sit? Let's oh, sing. Yes, let's let's sing. all stand. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna reference you, Gary. Okay, Pastor Gary is awesome. All right. So it's gonna be a little different today because we're playing with you. But we're gonna sing verses one, four, and five. One, four, and five on page four twenty-five. And between the verses, we'll keep the music going and we'll turn it right around and keep going. A lot of sometimes the congregation might stop or the pianist might stop, but we're gonna keep going, okay? Maybe a measure and then we'll come right back in, okay? Hope that makes sense. All right, let's go. We're gonna play just a line of introduction and then we'll come in singing, okay? Briscoe Darwin says just jump in and hang on. Okay, okay.
we're so thankful for today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you most of all for Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, to go with those on our prayer list. We ask you to go with our missionaries that are near and far. We ask you, Lord, to take this offering now and to bless it to uh, your kingdom to be used where needed. We just thank you and we love you. Amen. How many of you recognize it? Did you, did you know it? How many, how many? Oh, Every day with Jesus. Sweeter than the day before. Do y'all stand up for the doxology? Okay, doxology, and we'll sing this. We're going to give you the chord, and we'll sing it together. I'm trying my best not to put my glasses on, but I'm going to have, I think I'm going to have to. So it's doxology, F, F chord yep. right there.
sing together again. You all sound great, by the way. <laughs> Solid Rock, page 406. And we're going to sing all four verses of this one. and then we'll bring you in singing, okay? Well, good morning, you guys. So everything looks really different up here today, huh? Including me. I'm not Miss Taylor. I'm not as cool as her. I'm not as sweet as Miss Martha. But I'm going to try, okay? So today, I'm going to try to build something. Can you guys watch and help me? So I want to build a tower. Sit back a little bit. Sit down there so I can see. So I bought a ball. Because that's what you need to start your tower with, right? A ball. So let's see. I'm going to put my piece of wood up here. Oh, no. I also brought the stone. You think maybe it'll do better up there? Let's see. Maybe. Oh, look at there. 
So do you guys know what a foundation is? No. No? <laughs> well, a foundation is kind of like a base. And I looked that up in the dictionary to see what another word for foundation was. So if I use a ball as my base, I'm not going to be able to build anything hot at all, right? won't even be able to get started. But if my foundation or my base is a stone, look, then I can start building my tower, right? So we need Jesus to be our foundation. And Mr. Gary has talked about this not too long ago. I'm going to read you um, a Bible verse, and it's from Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them to practice is like a foolish man whose house was built on sand. And I really couldn't bring like a pile of sand, so I had to bring a ball. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. So what those Bible verses are saying is that we need to listen to Jesus. And if we listen to him and do what he tells us to do, then we're wise. And it's like our heart is like a stone. And so our base is being built in our, in our whole personality and our being. And our heart is growing from a good place because we're listening to Jesus. But if we don't listen to him, then what's it like? It's like we're just building a house on a ball or on sand. And we're not going to be able to do what God wants us to do because we haven't been listening to him. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> so if we listen to God and we, and we talk to Jesus and we read the Bible and we pray and we spend time with Christian friends like you guys are all friends and you're here at church, then your house, your heart will be built on the right things. And that's going to make you good Christian people and everyone's going to see your joy. Thank you guys for listening to me. We're going to say a quick prayer, okay? Dear God, thank you for these children, and thank you for the ones that brought him here today because that helps build their Christian foundation. I pray they hear your words and always know your love and that others see your joy in them. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys.
Um, and, you know, um, this song is about a mom and a dad who were teaming up to raise their children. Um, so it reminds me of my parents, but my dad was not, not all dads are necessarily um, on board from the get-go, but moms a lot of times are. And my mom was like that. My, my dad, when I was 12, started, he grew up in church, but then he kind of fell away and he was working a lot and he was really exhausted on the weekends. And mom was faithful and had us at church. And when I was 12, her faithfulness rubbed off on dad so many years that when I was 12, he started coming. And he rededicated his life to the Lord. And her prayers and her faithfulness, um, you know, brought him. And God touched his heart. And he rededicated his life and, and was in service um, to God. But I'm so thankful for her, um, you know, her faithfulness to the Lord. So this song makes me think about that. And on Women's Sunday, um, her God honored her, her service for him. And um, my brother now is taking his children to church. And, um, you know, I'm trying to serve the Lord in, with my life. And so uh, on this day, I hope that you're encouraged because um, I try to help my husband in his service to the Lord. And so that's what we're here for is to encourage each other in, in your walk. And this song is called Mama Preach and Daddy Clown. So if you're preaching to your kids, preach it's on. a good thing. I preach preach on. on. <laughs>
I can hardly stand it. What about y'all? I, I was going to say, if you can't preach after that, you can't <laughs> preach. And it was mama preached. Uh, woo, I had a mama that preached too from the pulpit and beyond. What a joy to be with you today, and what a joy it is to have. Why are y'all not smiling? If y'all can't, I mean, for goodness sakes, if you can't smile after that, there's something wrong with you. I want to see those pearly whites, whether they're your own or not, okay? Raise your Bibles high. I know you've got them this morning. Let me see them. This is pretty good. It could be bad. What's the matter with people in, in balcony? Y'all didn't bring your Bibles? Okay, I got a few up there. All righty. It is such a blessing to be back with you today, and I would love to see if we couldn't work it out where y'all could kind of travel with me. I want you to know y'all got me started because those first two songs are going to be at my funeral. I, well, I've already got my funeral planned because if I don't, somebody will mess it up. You know, uh, One of my friends says, Phyllis, you've got so much in that right now, it's going to take three days to bury you. you know? But the in the garden, that could just be my thing. But give me Jesus. And she told me y'all learned that for today. Oh, I love the in the morning when I rise. Give me Jesus. That's just, that's just the message in song. Brother Pastor, thank you so much for allowing all of us to be a part of the worship today. It's such a joy to be back here because when I think of Flat Springs Baptist Church, I think of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And I just want to briefly read verses 14 through 16 because this is how I feel about Flat Springs Baptist Church. He wrote, Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, Flat Springians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my needs. I'm not sure that all of you know how faithfully and consistently Flat Springs has ministered to me and to my family, to our community. We were flooded once with Matthew, and in less than two years, we were flooded for the second time. And even when I spoke at a sister church, a contingent from Flat Springs came with a carload of donations for the Fairbluff and Nichols community that we distributed among those who had lost everything for the second time. And I cannot tell you the countless text messages that I've received if you have ever raised a sign that said, I love you, Phyllis, or uh, we will see you at our church, raise your hand if you held one of those signs. I want you to know what, so y'all didn't bring your Bibles, but you held a sign. That is very good. Very good for those of you up there in the balcony. You will never know how it warmed my heart. Y'all truly are a loving church, and it's just such a, a privilege to be able to be with you here today. As you have seen all around the church, the theme, the focus of WMU this year is unshakable pursuit. Unshakable pursuit, it really stands for two things. Unshakable pursuit of God and then unshakable pursuit of the lost, which sums up the law of God. Because when they asked Jesus what's the first and greatest commandment, he said the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, this fulfills all the law and the prophets. So today's focus is based on 1 Corinthians 15, 58, which, says, which Paul wrote and said, Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your work or toil in the Lord is never in vain. Well, you know, those things sound really, really good. And they are good until your foundation gets knocked out from under you. You know, sometimes even when you, you think you're planted on that solid rock, yours might not be a, a storm, a named storm like Matthew or Florence that floods your home. The storm that hits you might be a diagnosis of cancer or it might be the death of a loved one or it might be that a grandchild or a child has taken the wrong road and is struggling with addiction. There's probably not a single family in this congregation today that doesn't have someone who is off-center, who's struggling mightily. And what this children's sermon pointed out was that your foundation has to be strong. So this morning's message, I want to, I want to give you two sides, okay? The foundation that has to be there is that pursuit of God. You have to have him as your foundation or nothing else even begins to matter. But we have to have some type of a plan of action for that be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you, when your foundation gets rocked, the first thing you, you want to think about is not about going out and sharing Jesus with other people because I'm going to tell you when your foundation gets rocked, you turn inward because you, you start seeing what, can I, what, what do I need, what do I have that I need to do. So today, I want us to look in the book of Acts. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 4, I want to give you some, some cornerstone pieces in your foundation, okay? That's really what we're going to look at today. We're going to imagine that we're going to take the four corners of your foundation and these are going to be the practical things that you can do to make sure that you will be able to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord regardless of what comes your way. Would you go to the Lord in prayer with me, please? Father, as we bow in this holy, holy moment, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Father, I know the prayers that have been sent up on behalf of this worship service this morning, dear Lord, and even for me, for the musicians, for every person that is in every pew, for those who are worshiping down in other areas of the church. Father, our heart's desire, our intent is to lift high the name of Jesus. In the morning when we rise, Father, give us Jesus. Help us right now, dear Lord, to block out any distraction that would keep us from focusing on that which is so critically important to our daily walk, having our foundation built upon that rock, and that rock is Jesus. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and we're going to thank you in advance. 
for the Holy Spirit moving among us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm already on fire. Are y'all on fire? I can sense that I'm on fire. I want y'all to know this morning at 2.30 I was sick as a dog. We were in a hotel room and I was on the bathroom floor. Charles walked in and about scared him to death. I want y'all to know the enemy will attack if you are going to be about his father's business. And I want you to know I started praying immediately. Didn't have any Pepto-Bismol, so that was my only option I had. And it apparently was the best one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't think that you're going to be about the Father's business and Satan is not going to try to knock your foundation off because that's who he's going to come after, okay? So look, as you look in the book of Acts, what I want you to see initially is that in Acts chapter 1, I want to give you just a little bit of a lead-in. In Acts chapter 1, we see the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said in Acts 1-8, right before he was ascending into heaven, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So he promises us the Holy Spirit in Acts 1. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes as with flaming tongues of fire. That's what we call Pentecost. In Acts chapter 3, you see the Holy Spirit in action. And you see Peter healing and teaching. And hundreds and thousands are saved. And then we pick up in Acts chapter 4. And you might know that as soon as the power of the Holy Spirit is at work, Satan is going to try to come in and hinder and knock foundations out. So I want to begin reading in Acts 1. I won't read the whole chapter, but I do want you to get the feel for what's going on. My title above this chapter, the heading says, Peter and John arrested. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them, and they put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Can you imagine 5,000 saved, and then you're thrown in jail? On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest was there, Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. And when they placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power? Oh, I just love that word. They said, by what power? Or in what name have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead. By this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone, the rock, which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. Whew. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In the morning when I rise, 
Now, I want to just look at two verses in the rest of this chapter that show us what those cornerstone pieces are if you want your foundation to stand firm, okay? In verse 13, it says, Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. Do you know that the very first stone in the foundation that you lay is that you need to spend time with Jesus? You see, that first song that y'all sang is my song. I go to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I'm going to tell you, you can't spend time with Jesus and people not recognize you. You remember when Moses went up on the mountain and he came down and his face was shining and they said, oh, cover your face because we... You cannot be the same after you've been with Jesus. I believe it tells us in 2 Corinthians that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, I want to ask you something, and I want this to be personal. I want you to think about how long it takes you in the morning to get completely dressed from the time you roll out of bed, and some of us probably look a little rough when we get up. You know what I'm saying? Until you walk out the door. So I want, I want you to put yourself in one of three categories. Whether you can get completely dressed, that's bath, teeth, hair, clothes, the whole kit and caboodle. Don't you like the word kit and caboodle? I like the way it sounds. Don't talk. This is kit and caboodle. Okay. Um, from zero to 15 minutes. Now, usually only bald-headed men can get ready in zero to 15 minutes. They just kind of, you know, they just wipe it off and there they go. Okay. Zero to 15 minutes. 15 to 30 minutes. I'm serious. I want you to think about this. Or does it take you over 30 minutes to get dressed? I want you to turn to the person sitting beside you and don't lie because God struck Ananias and Sapphira dead as a wedge for lying in church. So you turn and tell your partner, how long does it generally on an average day take you to get dressed? Zero to 15, 15 to 30, or over 30. Take a second and tell. All righty. I, I said take about 10 seconds. I didn't say tell them your life story. Okay. If you can get dressed in zero to 15 minutes, raise your hand. I, I'm, some of y'all have hair. I don't know. <laughs> 15 to 30 minutes. Over 30 minutes. Raise your hand. All righty. Put your hands down and listen to this next question. I'm not going to ask you to share this out loud. I want you to answer just to yourself. On an average day, how much time do you spend in the garden? getting the inside ready, spending time with Jesus. Because 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, For God sees not as man sees. 
Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, I want you to turn to, no, I do not want you to turn to your partner. I want you to turn inward to yourself and think, how much time do I spend each morning before I go out to meet this world? Do you normally spend zero to 15 minutes? 15 to 30 minutes? Or over 30 minutes? Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm not the preacher. They ain't going to fire me. So I've got the freedom to say it, okay? If you spend more time getting the outside ready than you do getting the inside ready, then you really think more about what others think of you than you do what God thinks of you. We're only, we have an audience of one, and that's the master. He's the one that we should be concerned with pleasing. Jesus lived a perfect life. Henry Blackaby says, because he never missed a heavenly whisper. Jesus said, I only do what I see and hear my Father doing. That's how we should be. Jesus said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. They, I know them and they know me. If you cannot hear God speaking to you on a daily basis, you are in trouble at the deepest part of who you are as a Christian. And I'm going to tell you something. If you want your foundation to stand firm, Jesus, first of all, needs to be your Lord and Savior. And secondly, you need to spend time with him each day. Because when the storm comes, and, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, every person in this room is at one of three places in your life right now. You're either in the midst of a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're getting ready to go into a storm that you didn't even know was around the corner. About a month ago, we had a 13-year-old at Green Sea Floyds High School diagnosed with leukemia. He will be at the Medical University in Charleston for the next six months. And within days, a kindergartner, a little girl, was diagnosed with cancer. And, and they posted on Facebook yesterday a picture of the two of them sitting side by side in the hospital. Those families' lives were changed in an instant. They're not going about their daily routine. And I'm going to tell you, when you're in the storm, it is too late to work on your foundation. The first time Matthew came through, we had a little, we were on the river, but we had a cookhouse that was literally over the river. And because the foundation of that house was not strong enough, when Matthew came through, it just took that house and placed it in the river. And we had to wait and tear it apart, piece by piece, with chainsaws. So we know the reality of the truth of this children's sermon. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't get the first piling right, none of the rest are going to go in, in order. It's going to fall. Number one, if you want to be steadfast, immovable, in an unshakable pursuit, then you need to have your foundation built on Jesus, and it needs to be evident that you spend time with him. The second is found in verse 31. We're going to scoot down to verse 31, and it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. Isn't that something? The theme is unshakable pursuit. It said, And when they prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. The first foundation stone 
is spending time with Jesus, your Lord and Savior. The second is that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Brother Pastor, I don't know how it is at Flat Springs, but in most places, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people run scared, ragged. It's like, oh my goodness, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to ask me to do. Well, I'm going to tell you, just to give you a little overview, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit mostly came upon people for a certain reason, for a certain task, like when Samson was getting ready to push the, the columns apart. He asked the Lord to give him the strength to do that, and the Holy Spirit fell upon him, and he was able to do it. Now, beginning in the Gospels, the Holy Spirit dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ, who was full of the Spirit. And from Pentecost on, the Spirit lives within us. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit that you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. If there is ever a doctrine that needs to be preached and taught in the Baptist church, I'm a Baptist married to a Methodist, sent my children to Presbyterian College. John Mark went to Duke Divinity School, and now he's at Christ Church Episcopal High School. Okay? I don't care what your denomination is. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are three books that I would highly suggest you read if you feel that you need growth in this area. The first one is called The Holy Spirit by Billy Graham. Raise your hand if you know Billy Graham, if you knew Billy Graham, so you know you can trust that book. The second one is called Experiencing the Spirit by Henry Blackaby, who wrote Experiencing God. Raise your hand if you're familiar with Experiencing God or Henry Blackaby. Raise your hand. We need more people familiar with this, okay? Experiencing the Spirit. And the third is a book by Francis Chan called The Forgotten God. You need to read those three books. I want to share with you something that Billy Graham said in his book. He said, all Christians are to be filled with the Spirit and anything short of a Spirit-filled life is less than what God wants for you. See, a lot of people think I'm crazy. I ain't crazy! I'm filled with the Spirit. And some of y'all think I'm crazy, but when we get to heaven, you're going to look at one another and say, well, I declare she was normal. <laughs> now, I want you to focus on this one verse, okay? Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. You see, if you are pulled over driving a car, and you get a DUI. What does that stand for? Driving under the influence. That means that the way you act is influenced by alcohol. Lord, Charles always said, Lord, help us if Phyllis ever got drunk. You know what I'm saying? It would be bad. It would be very bad. Your, the way you act, that's why they put that line down there and tell you to walk the line. And if you're under the influence, it's going to impact how you walk. Well, if I'm reading this verse correctly, it says, and do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That means the way you think is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And what you say is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And how you act is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
Every morning I pray and I challenge other people to pray, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. I want you to know that along with that, I pray to Peter Jabez, and I've taught this, but the, the, the gist of the blessing is, Lord, bless me indeed so that I can be a blessing. Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that everything that I say and do will reflect you. And third, fourthly, protect me from harm. I want y'all to know that when you ask God to fill you with the Spirit, things will happen you cannot even begin to explain. And I always know this morning when I left this church from breakfast and drove back to the hotel, I was going to park in the same parking place that I had left. And the truck beside me had left the door open and they were finishing, the man was finishing packing the truck and his driver's side door was open. So it was raining just a little and I was close to the door so I just kind of pulled and waited because I knew he was just going to come around the truck and get in and close the door. Well, I was just sitting there, you know, and he walked around the truck and realized that I was simply waiting for him to close the door and this is how he looked at me. Oh. And he went and slammed the door of the truck and then walked away. And I thought, it doesn't cost anything to be kind. And then I thought, I'm afraid if I park here, he might deliberately open that door and slam my car, you know? So I thought, Neep. so I just backed out, you know, he had already left. And I went and parked over on the other side. God never allows anything like that to go unresolved if you've asked God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And with God as my witness, I went in, mashed the elevator button, didn't come, didn't come, didn't come, ring, ring, ring. And I thought, I bet you I got that, whatever I got from ringing that elevator button, you know. <laughs> they need to have a hand sanitizer thing right beside everything. I got on, got door closed, Got to the top, got to the next floor, door open, and guess who was standing there? My rhinestone cowboy. And I thought, I know he's going to recognize my face because he gave me the eye, you know? He looked me straight in the face and he said, Well, hey, how are you doing today? I said, Much better, thank you. And I, he said, I, We carried on a little conversation as we were going on up to my floor. And, he said, uh, better? I said, yeah, I kind of had a little bit of a rough night, but I think I'm, doing, think I'm doing better. He said, you might want to try some hot tea with honey. And I wanted to say, that's not what you were saying to me in the parking lot. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the Lord knew that I didn't like to leave anything unresolved. I didn't like that. He, I, I, I looked for him when I went in and couldn't find him. I'm telling you, I ask God to put people by their mailbox, and they will be by their mailbox. You can ask Charles if it's true or not. Somebody in my family did a very hurtful thing this past week. Broke my heart in two. I couldn't even rest. At 2.30 I woke up and I thought, Lord, you've just got to speak to me and allow me to know how I am supposed to respond. I woke up and did my normal Bible reading. I have an Old Testament plan. I have a New Testament plan. I read the Psalms and Proverbs twice. Do you know that my old, my new, I started off with my Psalms 
and then went straight to my New Testament, and there God had the answer. And when I went to the Old Testament, he referenced the very same situation, identical to what my need was. And you tell me God does not know what you're going through? You ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and you'll be able to see things with different eyes. I knew this morning that that was a satanic attack when I started feeling sick. And I prayed immediately because I knew that was the enemy that was wanting me not to come here and speak. The third thing, go right back to that verse 31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Not only do you have to spend time with Jesus, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you need to pray with passion. And I want to share a testimony. I speak from where I live. I don't, I don't speak from something 25 years ago. It's, it's what God's doing in my life right now. Not only were we flooded with Matthew and then flooded again with Florence, but Fair Bluff Baptist Church, first time it got their sanctuary and their educational building. The second time it got their sanctuary, their educational building, and their family life center. And their pastor left the Sunday after the flood. They were broken. They were a broken people. They asked me if I could speak on a Sunday morning. And the first Sunday morning that I had available was November, the first Sunday in November. Charles was with me, and he was actually sitting on the front row that day. I was going to Charles. He likes to sit at the back. But he was on the front because it was, you could just sense it, it was just not good. I asked them to raise their Bibles when I started speaking. Brother Pastor, there were four Bibles in the whole sanctuary of the Family Life Center, and it scared me to pieces. Well, I literally preached my lungs out, and yes, I, I felt a dryness. It was like the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel. Charles, even, he was sitting right here, and when I went to give the invitation, he looked at me like, Phyllis, please don't be rough on them, because I, I, I just don't know if they can handle anything today. Nobody moved. I said to them, if I ever get to come back, we're going to count today as practice. That's what I told them. And then I went home and I thought, I don't want to go back. It, you know, you can be in a, a church that's just flowing with the Holy Spirit, but when you're in a church that you can't feel the Holy Spirit, now that's a scary place to be. They asked me if I would do the month of December. I thought, oh, Lord, I don't really want to go back into that. But I thought, well, how can I not? They, they're a half a block from my house. So I put out a, a, I mean, a half a mile from my house. I mean, I got to go by it every time I drive out. So I said, Lord, I'm going to put out a fleece. Sometimes I do that when I'm desperate. I said, if just one person doesn't come during that invitation, I don't know that I'm going to come back for the rest of this month. Gave the message. I could feel the spirit moving. First verse, nobody came. Second verse, nobody came. I thought, oh, my goodness. Third verse, a woman sitting right where you're sitting stepped forward, and she said, do you feel it? She said, I've been crying. She said, I wanted people to think that I was sick and had a bad cold. She said, but I was about to bust if I didn't come up here. I said, that was God telling you to come. I said, because I want to come back here if somebody hadn't come to this front. So then I was going into my third Sunday, and I told Charles, I said, I don't think we can do worship at Fair Bluff Baptist Church if we don't start the morning with a prayer at the altar. A former pastor was there that Sunday that had not been treated 
kindly in every way, shape, or form, but he came on that Sunday because I had invited him to be there. When I asked the church to come to the altar to pray, I didn't really know if anybody would come to the altar to pray. I mean, I thought it may be me and Charles at the altar. But as the pastor that had been there for 32 years got up to come, I said, Dr. Lundy, would you lead us in this time of prayer at the altar? And as that man opened his mouth and started to pray, you could hear weeping across that altar. And I'm telling you, if you've ever been in a place when the Shekinah glory of God fell down, that place was shaken. And I'm telling you, Charles can testify. You can feel the muscles and the sinews coming back on the bones. I told him, I said, you've been in grief long enough. I said, you got, they were only doing worship. They, they weren't doing Sunday school because they didn't have classrooms. They hadn't done prayer meetings. I said, you got to start Sunday school back. I said, we'll just all come in here together. I said, you got to have prayer meetings. I said, you can't have church without prayer meetings. I said, and there better be a choir up there next Sunday. See, I can say this because I'm not the preacher. <laughs> I said, you better have a choir in that, uh, choir up there in that choir loft Sunday if there's only two little children singing. I said, see those two little children right here. Y'all could have been to choir that Sunday. I said, but don't you, y'all come back here to worship and not be ready. Do you know how many people we had at our first prayer meeting? 61. We had 31 little RA boys playing basketball that you're supposed to be in RAs if you're playing basketball in our association. They had not been having it. We have a table or two of little RA boys every Wednesday night. We went this and we started this. And I told them, I said, you, you got to have outreach ministry. I said, you've got to minister to those that are sick and you've got to minister to those that, where are they? They haven't been to church in forever. Went to visit somebody and I, I introduced myself to the lady and I said, I know you don't know me. I'm Miss Phyllis. I don't, we haven't gotten a title for me yet. We don't exactly know what to do with me. I said, I, said, I know you don't know me. She said, oh no, my grandson Ryder plays basketball and he told me, Grandmama, you've got to have me at prayer meeting or Miss Phyllis will be disappointed. <laughs> I want you to know I was ashamed of myself. Because I don't even know that I believe that God can do anything with that valley of dry bones. I didn't even want to go back. And I'm telling you, there is a spirit of hope and joy and love that is unspeakable. God hears and answers our prayers. Are you praying for God to move in a mighty way at this church? And lastly, you want that last cornerstone of that foundation. Verse 31 again. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. Ooh. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. I don't know that I can testify to a bunch of Baptist churches that speak the word of God with boldness. Now, Jehovah's Witness, they'll come drive in your, in your driveway. They've got it down pat. And you know what most Baptists do when a Jehovah's Witness comes up? They run like a scalded dog because they don't know what to say. I go, when I see one coming into my driveway, I go, <laughs> I'm so excited because God has brought somebody to my house to tell the truth to them. You know what our Southern Baptist Convention is challenging people to do? To choose one. Just choose one lost person. You might say, well, I, I, I just can't, I can't save everybody. Well, what are you doing for one? I want you right now, if you know one lost person in your family, 
at your school, at your work. If you just know one lost person, would you raise your hand? Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you expect God to use you, 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21 says, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and earthenware. That means all of us are available for use. doesn't matter what your gifts and talents are, it says, but if anyone purifies himself from what is ignoble, he will be a vessel of noble use. Consecrated. That means set apart. Useful to the master of the house. Is there anything greater on earth than to be said of God that you are useful to the master of the house and ready for any good work. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. I've had Christian friends that have said, well, I bet you're sorry you moved to Fair Bluff, aren't you? Because you've been flooded twice. And you know what I say to them? God orchestrated every single part from me selling my house in one week to me getting the house that we're living in now for less than half the price. And God knew all along I was going to be flooded twice. Would I have ever been where I am right now, even in part of the rebuilding? It's like the Nehemiah and Ezra when they rebuilt the walls, but it wasn't worth anything because the people were broken. People in Fairbluff are broken because they've gone through two storms. You know why I think they're so willing to listen? Because I've been through two storms. Would I choose to go through those two storms? I'd like to kill Charles the second time because he had spent the last two years just rebuilding everything from the first flood and everything reflooded. I would never choose that. But I would choose to be obedient. And I know that God honors obedience. So as we come to the time of invitation, if you've never asked Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, my Bible says today, today, the Holy Spirit is wooing you. If you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart to come and give your life to Jesus, you come today, I tell you, you will never be the same. But if you're saved and you just think, Lord, I've got to make sure my foundation is firm. I want you to fill me with your spirit. I want to pray believing that you can do things that I can't even think of. Oh, 61 people at prayer meetings. Oh, my goodness. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us during this time of invitation. Brother Pastor, would you come? You're going to sing, we're going to sing. Take my life. And leave me, Lord. What a powerful word we've heard today 
Mamas, are you preaching? Daddies, are you plowing? We've sung about being in the garden. You've heard God take the very voice of Phyllis and make it his own. And truth's been spoken. And decisions need to be made as his spirit is here. And our choice is really to respond as God would call us and has called us through this worship. Or not. That's our choice. Take my life. Lead me, Lord. If that's what God is saying to you and that's what you're saying to God, I want you to take my life and I want you to lead me, Lord. Then you might need to respond publicly at this altar. You might need to make a decision. If you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, and salvation is here. Christ is waiting for you to come. And he'll change you forever. If you have accepted Christ and you felt the Spirit say something fresh to you today, then would you respond as we stand together and say,
What a wonderful worship experience. What a good day to be in the house of the Lord. And I feel the commitments that were made publicly and those that are being made. And I feel the desire of God as he's moving in hearts and lives and what's going to happen later today and tomorrow and all this week. I do want to remind you of tomorrow night. For as we look forward to our 410 project, it will only be as powerful as God is in it. And the way God's in it is when we come and invite him to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us as we pour ourselves out to him. He'll speak to us clearly. So 645 tomorrow night. I believe we can beat 61. I just really do. I believe we can do better tonight. So it, uh, Phyllis, thank you for your faithfulness in so many ways and for you being God's mouthpiece today. Stacy, for that powerful children's sermon, New Direction, for blessing us today in so, so many ways. Indeed, it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. I don't know how it's supposed to end. Am I supposed to do it? And, then, and they've, got a, they've got a response to that. So. Thank all of our ladies for serving. If you take the ladies out of the church, oh boy, oh boy. So uh, asking them to step up is not too big a deal, but thank you ladies for the blessing. And how was the breakfast this morning? Pretty good? Okay, very good, very good. I was a little worried when I heard who the cooks were, but I'm glad it turned out all right. That's good, that's good. And now, as we leave this place, May we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people. Phyllis, I'm going to ask you to stand with me at the door. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you have spoken about being with you every day, starting the day the right way and allowing your Holy Spirit to penetrate the culture and the calendar and all the things that would distract us to be your people. And so, God, as you have spoken clearly and your spirit has moved mightily in this place, we go out to be your people. Go with us. Go through us. Go with us. Go in us. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.